Hi there. My name is Donna Peterson, and you are listening to the B2B Marketing Excellence Podcast. I'm going to take you on a journey all around the world where we're going to talk with business owners and business leaders about marketing trends and techniques that are going to help you stand out from your competition. So let's roll up our sleeves and let's jump in. Today is going to be an exciting day. And the reason why is I am talking to a brand architect. Kate Dilio. as you can see, her and I not talking about it, have yes. the same color yes. shirts on. So this has been a match made in heaven. But she's going to shed some light on how brands can really make that connection with prospects, customers, and even their employees that will help them achieve success into the future. So let's jump in. Hi, Kate. How are you today? I'm great, Donna. Thank you so much for having me today on the show. Oh, you are so welcome. And like I said, I'm excited to talk to you because as you know, I talk a lot about relationship building and part of it is how brands put their brand out there in the marketplace. Right. And I'm hoping you could shed some light because I know you've talked about it a lot. I saw that you've helped 200 brands yes, in yeah. 20 different sectors. So congratulations. Thank you. And we look forward to learning about your expertise there. But as a brand architect, you talk about building the brand trifecta. Yeah, the brand and, trifecta. Yes. Yeah. And about the three key messages that every company needs to utilize. And I was hoping you could teach us about that. Sure. So let's so let's dig into this. So I think let me first start by saying that I think we need to call up the fact that when people hear this word branding, mm-hmm. it sounds so fluffy, doesn't it? It just <laughs> sounds like marketing mumbo jumbo. But I want to just be honest with you and and really let, lay out the fact that. I actually don't believe that, you know, I I started my career in sales and what I really believe after doing this for over 10 years is that your brand is your path of least resistance to revenue. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is the whole goal with your brand. I like that. Least resistance path to revenue. Continue. I just had to say that. (laughs) This is what this is about. Your brand's job is to get more of the right prospect to the right table at the right time. And, and whether we, we like it or not, we're in business. And yes, we want to create impact, but in order to do that, we have to stay in business, don't we? And so we needed to figure out a way to get the right people to the table that are genuinely going to resonate with who we are and what we offer and, and, and whose problems we think we can solve. And so the job of our brand message is to do that. And that's where I teach this method, Donna, called the brand trifecta, which is really about what are those three message components that when you put them together are actually going to create what we call a brand conversation that converts. Yeah, that's the key together. You know, because a lot of companies, and we were talking about this earlier, you know, back when I started marketing, it was just get the messages out there, you know, just, you know, big, broad promotions out there to everyone with hopes that the right people would buy the product or service. But now, like you said, in order to stand out, not only do you need to create that messaging that resonates with your right audience, it has to be across several different areas. So together. That's right. So let's unpack this for a second. So first off, I think what we should probably call out is there's, there's, and this is based in buyer psychology. So by the way, I, when I had my sales career and I was 
building a side hustle, building brands for many years before I took my business full-time. Okay. <laughs> During that decade of my life, um, here's what I really tested out and proved that there's three key pieces of information that your audience needs to hear in a specific order to want to take the next step. And that is, tell me what you do. Tell me how you solve my problem. And then tell me how you're different and better than the competition in that order. Now, and when we think about messaging though, do you know what that looks like? It's not paragraph upon paragraph of content. What it is, is this number one, your tagline should answer the question of what you do. Your value proposition statement should answer the question, how do you solve my specific heart pain, my specific problem? And then number three are what we call your differentiator statements, sometimes called three uniques. It's really like the big bullets that you see, the one, two, three, four of how you're different and better than the rest. That is the brand trifecta. And when you put these simple but powerful sentences in that order, on the homepage of your website, in your digital marketing, when you show up in the Zoom room and have a conversation, that is the stuff that's going to get somebody to go, that's interesting. I want to have a conversation. Yeah. And that's when you would connect with the right people. That's right. Because that's right. When, you, when you connect to the right people, and I think that really helps when you start to, and this is hard, especially on like the industrial manufacturing side, is for companies to show their uniqueness. Yes, because for a while, you know, in that business to business sector and especially the industrial side, everything was just very, I don't want to say professional because I'm not saying other companies aren't, but very strict by the book. Like this is the equipment we have. This is the project they do. This is here. You didn't really talk about the innards, about your company and what makes your company different and unique. That's right. But when you do that, that's when you connect with what I like to call the ideal client. That's right. Who then will buy from you year after year. That's right. So for example, in the world of manufacturing, let's talk about process improvement because I'm lean certified. Okay. So whether you follow lean six Sigma or Toyota way lean, and I've got a couple of those certs as well. I love it all, but here's the thing. I love those principles because I think ultimately if you're an organization, you go, gosh, one of the things that makes us unique is the fact that we're all about process improvement or the fact that we apply these principles so that our people are empowered to make fixes and to innovate and to iterate on the floor, on the job. Well, if that creates a better product and a better outcome and a better customer experience, you bet that that should be front and center on your website to talk about as one of your differentiators of how your approach to creating a product is unique. And because of that, you know you're gonna deliver a higher quality and a better experience from like the beginning to end for your customer. And you're going to deliver something that they actually need. That's right. Because people usually like sit up in the boardroom figuring everything out, but they don't get down on the ground to find out what is needed. What are the concerns? What are the challenges? What are the goals? Whatever. And if they get down on the ground, that's what they can give, why they can give people what they need. That's right. And I think when we think about marketing and branding, so often we say, well, that's just very far removed. Somebody in the marketing team is going to deal with that. Oh, you know, that's not my business. Well, hold on. It's everybody's business. And the (laughs) reason that I say this is because we are not in the business of convincing. We are in the business of converting, which means that it is not our job as an organization to try and have everybody in the world buy what we offer. Technically speaking, 
We would like to. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. But isn't that funny? Isn't that funny that we always think to ourselves like, oh, well, every technically speaking, everybody could use us. Yes, everybody. <laughs> well, congratulations. Technically speaking, not everybody's going to buy from you. And so if we can swallow oh. that pill, <laughs> here's the cool part. We can actually target in based on customer feedback, based on employee feedback. Hold on. Who really has the pain that we solve? Who really has the highest chance of buying from us because they have the deepest level heart pain? They are, they're at a specific point of readiness. They, they have the easiest decision-making process. They have the least amount of bureaucracy for us to get through to close the deal. When we take a step back and we really look at who we want and need to serve, yeah. we yeah. have choice. And if we can niche in on one or two, maybe three target audiences that are really well-defined, we'll see then you can say we can create a message that's going to speak to those people very specifically on what we do for them. And then those people are going to feel, they're going to just sit back going, I need to work with you because you totally get me. You yes. understand my industry. You understand what is important to me. You yeah. know, as, as a business owner, and you're one also, we're always searching for that thing that's going to help us maybe do right. a project that we need to do quickly that takes us too long or whatever it might be, yeah. but we're always scared. Like, does that company really understand what I want to do? Or is this just going to be a headache and we're going to waste a lot of money doing it and not get anything accomplished? Well, I think that that's spot on. I think, you know, um, to be really candid, we have such a fear in general as business owners that if we don't speak to everybody, we're going to speak to nobody. Mm -hmm. But if we really take a step back and we recognize that our job is to serve and to help, then what we can do is create a brand that's going to deeply resonate at the heart level. And you know what's interesting about what you just said is this piece about the heart level, somebody gets me. Have you ever gone to somebody's website and you read the first few sentences and you're like, oh my God, they read my mail. Like they literally just, <laughs> and then you're like, I am going to scroll. These are my people, they get me. Yeah. You know, it could buy a consumer product. It could be a B2B brand. Yeah. See, that's really smart branding. These people must've gotten it down where they knew how to call out what you're really experiencing. And you're like, oh my God, I feel understood. Yeah. Chances are, their product or service is probably going to solve that. That's what brand is about. Really yeah. deeply resonating at the heart level with your target audiences. Yeah. Well, they're just starting to talk about that, especially on that industrial side. Those, you know, heart messages or limbic messages, they're saying now that brands, like we mentioned earlier, talking about their uniqueness, right. but also what are their beliefs? That's right. What, what is most important for them? And I don't mean just the marketing team. It has to be, always come down from the top. I'm a big one about yes. the trickle down theory. So it has to come down with how upper management treats their employees. If, if upper management is trying to build relationships with their employees, including the marketing department, That's right. then when you tell the marketing department, they need to go out and build relationships with their prospects and clients they're going to have a better understanding of exactly what you want done because right. it's trickling down from the top. Well, I completely agree with that to the point where um, my number one rule when I take a project, because somebody asked me, well, do you have only certain sectors that you work with? No, I've, I've honestly, I mean, it's just been all over the map, right? Yeah. Um, my number one criteria is that I will not take a project unless the founder or CEO is in the room for every single session. 
Because whether we like it or not, they hold the keys to the brand. And so if you're listening to this and you're going, we know we need to get our messaging kind of tightened up. We got to, we got to do a quarter turn of this yeah. here. We've got to tighten the bolt. Here's my recommendation. However you decide to do that, you hire a copywriter, you do it internally. My number one recommendation is please make sure that there's stakeholders from all of your parts of the organization and that that founder is in the room. I always ask who's in charge of customers or HR, mm-hmm. who's in charge of employees, who's in charge of operations. I want an ops person in the room. Yes. Who does marketing? Who does sales? They're like, you want an ops person? You want HR? I'm like, yes, I do. It's amazing what happens when all of those leaders get in and then start to rally around a singular message. And it really breaks down silos. It, It does. And you can't believe how many companies still have, okay, here's sales, here's marketing, here's upper management, but no one knows what they're doing. And so when I sit down with clients, I say, you know, especially at the beginning, I'm like, let's go back to the beginning. What is the company mission? Bingo. Make sure that that has been stipulated, not just to upper management, all the employees know it, all consultants, all everyone you work with so that you can all get on that one path that leads to the goal. I have one client and I get on with their whole team every month and every month he starts the call with a prayer which Mm -hmm. I love, but then he also goes on and tells everyone, reads the mission statement again. That's right. So that everyone can be on that same page. And then we take it and we start to figure out what each individual person's why is, why they're doing what they're doing. That's right. And then setting up the goals. It it does have a map. And you're so right. If you don't get the buy-in from everyone that you're headed in the right direction, then you got marketing who's over here doing this. But you have operations who's like, I don't even know why marketing's doing that. That doesn't even make sense. Oh, right. We as marketers are like, oh, we're just a bunch of overhead, right? Well, hold on. We don't have to be if you're in the room with us and we know that we're creating the thing that's going to help you actually succeed. I think most sales and marketing teams really do want to be backed by operations and finance and HR and other parts of the organization. Your, Your brand is a practical and tactical tool for alignment within your organization and around your organization. It is the singular mantra and message that should kind of rally the troops. This is what we're doing. This is who we're going after and how we help solve their problem. And this is how we're different. I'll tell you what, it's fascinating. I write mission and vision statements in every project that I do and brand values. But you know what's the coolest thing to see is when employees get more excited about their tagline and their value proposition that speaks to their customers than they do about the vision. What's really interesting to know is that your employees get very excited if they actually have the words, yeah, this is what we do, this is who we help. Yeah. That's amazing. It is amazing. That I have, um, there's another person I speak to and she gets in there the conference room and she has every department, just like you said, but then goes to every department and says within your department, what is your mission? What is your mm-hmm. task? And a lot of times they don't know. They don't. But if they don't know, who knows? You know, like, how does the team know what they're doing? And then everyone is working really hard, but not moving that business needle as much as they really could if they started to work together cohesively. It's really interesting you talk about that because what's, what's fascinating is while a vision statement, for example, in somebody's brand is it's very far reaching. It's very like kind of altruistic and impact focused, right? And it's not very measurable. 
what's fascinating about why, for example, a mission statement is critical is mission statements are supposed to be the summary yeah. of who, what we do and for whom mm -hmm. and how they get value, right? That's the, it should be a singular statement, maybe two sentences. Like yeah. this is what we do for these people. So they get this outcome. What's important about that statement for your company is that it's the singular statement to which you can back KPIs and metrics. Yeah. When I ran multiple business units for a company, I was in charge of multiple business plans. And you better believe that every metric and everything that I was going towards had to back up to the mission. And if it didn't, I had to go rewrite the plan. And I had that happen one year. And I learned my uh -huh. lesson. I had to go read my whole plan. Ooh, that was not fun. So I will tell you, brand is actually, it, it is just quintessential for for metrics, for goals, for yeah. actually moving the needle. This is not fluff. This is this is pure unadulterated revenue success that we're talking about here. It is, but I went to a meeting, I guess it was about three years ago. And I go in, he has this big whiteboard here with all his numbers. And he says, okay, Donna, we did all these email promotions. We did these digital ads, blah, blah, blah. This is how many leads we got. And he circles them. And I said, oh, that's great. I said, and what about the branding? Are you taking that into consideration? He goes, oh, I don't care about branding. And I'm like, <laughs> how can you say you don't care about branding? Well, I think the tendency to think about brand is, again, we hear this and we go, well, I don't care about colors. I don't care about fonts, yeah. my logo. Well, okay, and, and let's be honest. So you've got the visual side of branding. Yes, That's what we're talking about is promise. Yeah. We're talking about message. We're talking about what do you say and to whom. It is the crux. It's actually the 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 axle of the wheel of marketing. Yeah. And so, all your various marketing tactics should come out of a singular messaging point that says we know exactly who we're serving. We know exactly the problem we solve. Here's how we articulate that message. Now let's go deploy that across email, yeah. and website, and teaching workshops and print and whatever it is. Right. Whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing that I try to help our organizations understand is get your message down and you will find that you move away from spaghetti marketing, which is like throwing crap at a yeah. wall, hoping yeah. that it sticks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. To really actually asking the question with your marketing, how do we maximize our budget by pulling the one or two, maybe three levers that make the most sense for us that get more of the right prospects to the table? Right. And like you and I were saying, when a brand does that, they'll find that because they're now in their expertise lane, they're able to work smarter, not that's harder. Right. And yes. that's why then they start to see that sales continuously go up. That's right. Without adding more hours to the day or whatever it might be. That's right. When we think about path of least resistance yes. to revenue, your brand, if it is on point, saying the right thing to the right people at the right time. Yes. The direct metrics you should see impacted are number one, an increased number of qualified prospects that come mm -hmm. to the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They self-selected and they're qualified. They're like, I love that message and let me talk to you about how you <laughs> solve my specific pain. Number two, based on that, you should see an increased close rate, obviously, mm -hmm. right? More closed deals. Yes. But here's what else is interesting. The third in B2B services that I find is that you see a decrease in your sales cycle. So instead of it taking 90 to 120 days to close a deal, we see, and I've seen this firsthand with companies that I've worked with in various sectors, their deal time goes down to 30 to 60 days on average. Yeah. Well, that's a tremendous impact on the bottom line. Yeah. And again, think about it. Somebody hears your message. 
They're shaking your hand at a chamber of commerce meeting, let's say, or they saw it on your website or in an ad. They're like, love that. They check you out. They set up a call with you. If they hold that call, they're no longer asking you what you do. They know what you do. They know how you solve their problems. So instead they're going, okay, so Bob, here's the situation at my organization. And can you tell me how, what would you guys do? And can you give me a proposal on that with this price? Yeah. Donna, that's amazing. Yeah. I totally, I say this to clients all the time. If you do that research up front, like you said, sit down, really think about what your mission statement is. Think about who is your right audience that will lead to that ideal client. When you do that, you do save yourself so many different steps. And so when I'm trying to get sales team on board, I'm like, sales team, if you help give the marketing team some input, it's going to save you at least five steps. Oh, yeah of getting the right person, but then converting them to being a customer because you, you will, like you just said, talk to the right person. You're going to be giving them the right information that they do want. You know, they're looking for it and they're going to sh- see that you get them, you understand them, and then they're going to buy. That's exactly right. This is really about efficiencies. Brand drives so much alignment and efficiencies without throughout every part of the organization, customer success, product fulfillment. Yeah. Um, I, I have companies that have come back a year or two later and gone, wow, that was really interesting that since we launched our revised branding, we are selling more to this audience. And we've actually realized that we have a higher margin on these three products and the other three. So we're going to put our eggs in this basket. And Kate, we just saved a million dollars off the bottom line. Nice. I had a client that had that happen. Good. And I go, how does that feel to recognize that you can have revenue growth without fear that if you cut a product from your lineup, yeah. Right. That you're, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. But and instead right you're niching in. Yeah. And especially right now, if you're a manufacturer with everything going on with our economy, now is the perfect time to figure out which products really you need to manufacture and which ones you don't. Let it go. Let people yeah. go. Let products go. Let services go that do not serve you that are not in your line of expertise. Yeah. You know, people buy from people and people buy from experts. And so at the end of the day, it really does come down to putting some stakes in the ground and being extremely confident in who you are and what you do and how you help people and, and recognizing you got to own it because when you yeah. own it, the right people are going to see that confidence in you and go, I like that. Right. They're not trying to be everybody else. They stay in their lane and that's what I need. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to ask you about is I just did a LinkedIn live and it was called manifest marketing, but I think we just talked about that really, you know, like getting that message out about who you are, what your beliefs are, you know, how, you know, that industry and you almost manifest it, which brings in the companies that want to work with you because they align with your uniqueness. That's exactly right. I'll, I'll share this on a personal note. It's been interesting. You know, I left corporate America at the same time that I was going through a divorce. Oh, and here I am God. in the middle of a lot of life change, right? And I'm in my early 30s and all this is happening. And I'm a single mom and trying to figure this all out. And so I've been doing brand for almost a decade. But then I was like, okay, time to jump ship, do this full time. And away <laughs> I go. All right. So by that point, I had done like 100 some brands and I was just kind of building. But I remember very clearly one day in prayer and meditation, I was just feeling like I wasn't closing deals. I was trying to talk to everybody. I was showing up in every room. I was just doing, I felt like I was just scraping at anything I could, right? 
And I remember very clearly hearing, am I leading from a place of invitation or desperation? Ooh, interesting. I think we have to recognize that as leaders, sometimes fear gets a hold of us. And we get so worried about nothing coming through the pipeline that we'll go after anything. And we end up spinning our wheels and wasting more time and resources and annoying employees internally and creating burnout and burden than we could have ever imagined possible. And the morale goes down and the ship starts to sink. When we lead from a place of invitation, really owning our expertise and standing in that and building a brand around that, believe it or not, like attracts like. The right customers do find you. You begin to then ask the question, what rooms are those people already in, digitally or otherwise? And if you just show up in the right rooms, not all rooms, you will find more of the right people that you can have an authentic conversation with. You know, that is spot on. And what you're saying is something I almost have to hear on a regular basis. We're, we're a 41-year-old company, and we have had to make several different changes because marketing has evolved so much. Yeah. But it is so easy, you know, because this is our livelihood for my entire family. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like this has to work, you know, right. two kids, college, their expenses, it has to work. <laughs> and so it's, it's easy when it starts to be a little quiet to kind of start to panic and say, okay, wait a minute. And, and I'm the worst. I'm like a squirrel. I am like, oh, okay, oh, oh, okay. Let's do this. Yep, let's do yep, this. Yep, yep, yep. And it's finally my team. It's like, Donna, why are you doing that? <laughs> like, why are you going on that? And I'm like, well, I'm just trying. And they're like, that is not our wheelhouse. You got it. And so I need people around me to bring me oh, in yeah. and keep me on the path because and I'm also type A. So it's like, okay, we can do this. We're doing it all. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I resonate with that. I think many of us that are leaders, we have this visionary in us. We see yeah. opportunity. We see opportunity. We go, oh, ooh, okay. However, not, you know, it's this, I, it's this whole principle of saying no to the good to say yes to the great. Yeah. And I, I think that we have to learn how to say no more, no to ourselves, uh-huh. no to bad prospects. Yes. No to mediocre prospects. No to, I mean, they're okay prospects, right? All of a sudden, if we really actually think about that and we only say yes to the ones that are a good fit, yeah. how much more enjoyable is that for us? It's, it's a lot more enjoyable. enjoyable, but it's hard to do. It's very hard to do, but this is where your brand comes in. Yeah. If you have your brand established and it's written down and it's the mantra that every person in the organization speaks, this is what we do. This is whose problem we solve and how, and this is how we're different. Well, it's very crystal clear then that any goal, any cool thing, any shiny new object, you have to weigh it against that. And if it doesn't lead to that thing, let it go. Yeah. You're, that's perfect. That's perfect. I want to end, I want to end us there unless you have something else to say, because That is so spot on. I even did it where I have our mission statement now at the bottom of my computer on my desk so that I don't do one of these. (laughs) Okay, Get a neck neck crank as an entrepreneur, the entrepreneurial neck crank from looking at so many opportunities. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. I can do it. I can do it, but I don't want to hold you anymore. And I really thank you so much for coming on and talking to us because 
Like I said, I still need it. There's lots of companies out there, whether you have some shiny pair of shoes or whether you are those industrial manufacturing clients, you need some good branding. So Thanks I want to thank me. you. you. Thank you, so Donna. Welcome. This has been amazing. I truly appreciate it. Oh, I know I had to cut us off just because you and I, we could go on for <laughs> probably days. No, we could. It'd be awesome. We should do it again. <laughs> we definitely will. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the B2B Marketing Excellence Podcast. Please hit the subscribe button below so you don't miss our next episode. And in the meantime, if you'd like to talk to me, please feel free to send me an email to dpeterson at worldinnovators.com. Till next time, have a great day.